Bites, and we're joined here by uh, Dana Drew Shaw and a returning guest, the first returning guest, actually. And uh, first thing I, so thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And the first thing I kind of wanted to touch on a little bit is this EA Sports kind of the elephant in the room. They're using, you know, CLC to do the agreement, what that looks like. And I guess there's a whole lot of unknowns, but I know you've kind of looked at that a little bit. Um, what, what can you tell us about that so far? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, there's uh, two different things that I'll, I'll comment on. First of all, I like that EA Sports is aggressively hitting this market because um, for me, it, it looks like they're really trying to push the conversation with the name, image, and likeness legislation. And, um, you know, I think we briefly talked about it before, but if, if not, you know, there was supposed to be a vote on that earlier this year, um, and it's got pushed back. So, everybody's still kind of holding their breath to see what is going to happen um, with any type of legislation that the NCA puts forward. Uh, the other thing to mention on the flip side is that we're still waiting for the NCA versus Alston case that has been um, uh, uh, given certiorari before the U.S. Supreme Court. So I think March 31st um, is when that case is set to be argued in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. So that's what, another, what is in that case? What is that one? Yeah, so that's regarding? kind of like the um, it's it's kind of like the uh, the extended version of the O'Bannon case. So if you remember back a couple of years ago, uh, the NCAA versus O'Bannon case um, was actually uh, appealed to the Supreme Court, and they rejected hearing that case and making a decision um, based on you know some antitrust issues and the name, image, and likeness uh, of student athletes. And so uh, on the heels of that came the Alston case, which was another uh, name, image, and likeness um, okay. case. And so now that one has been uh, uh, accepted to the Supreme Court. And so I think that's part of the factor. And then also too, there's been so much talk about Congress actually weighing in and trying to make federal legislation um, regarding student athletes. And so, you know, I think the NCAA is in a really tough position because they've got our federal government that has this topic on their radar. And so um, anything that's that's decided could impact what the NCAA does as well. And so back to your initial question, EA Sports and, uh, you know, rebooting college football. Um, first of all, I will say everybody's super excited about it. I've surveyed all my classes that I teach and in the students can't wait to get uh, EA college football back. Uh, but I think that uh, there's a lot of moving parts before that actually, uh, you know, uh, hits, uh, hits the video game circuit. Sure. And anything federal in that sense, that's going to sort of like supersede what the NCAA might be able to do. It might kind of push them to the outside a little bit in, in the power that they have or or would it kind of just be dependent on what, what the ruling itself is? Yeah, I think, um, you know, yes, the, the, the federal laws, there's several federal laws um, that, you know, as citizens of the United States, we're all subject to. And so again, I think, you know, in an ideal world, there's a collaboration and there's um, uh, something, you know, and ultimately, you know, in my opinion, you know, if, if, if universities, are part of the NCAA and the NCAA is the governing body, they should be in the position to make the best decision um, for their member institutions and for the student athletes. So, 
you know, I mean, I'd like to see this be something that NCAA does that um, is fair and equitable. But again, since they have not acted on this, that's why I think we see the federal government trying, um, you know, trying to push it forward and, and maybe trying to get involved. But uh, like I said, in my opinion, this should be an NCAA decision and it should be something that the members all are in support of. Okay. Yeah. And then what does it, what does it mean when some of the schools, like some of these large brands like Michigan, Notre Dame, that they've stayed out or kind of said, we're not sure what this is. Is it just that, that they're not sure what it is or is there, um, you know, is it, is it something else? What does that look like sort of? Yeah. Why do you you think they're holding out? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we kind of touched on this uh, before we got on this podcast, but uh, Michigan and Notre Dame are very recognizable brands. And so um, I think that that there's always this idea of we want to protect our brand and we want to make sure that it's being used in the right way. Um, so I don't, I don't know, but from reading the statements on their face, so again, if you go back and you look at the statement that Notre Dame specifically released after EA Sports made this announcement. Um, I think it's honestly a very, very um, uh, wise decision to wait and see. Um, so to be very non-committal until they have a better understanding of what the landscape is um, regarding the name, image, and likeness legislation, whether that's from the NCAA or um, you know Congress or what the Supreme Court even rules in the Alston case that could really um, impact, you know, next steps as we uh, roll out any type of, of game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Well, shifting gears a little bit. I know when we first talked, we kind of, we didn't really know a lot about what the big NCAA sports were going to look like from a sort of a COVID protocol perspective. We didn't even know really if we were going to fully have football and what it was going to look like. And then now we're, not only kind of had football, but we've had basketball as well. Like, how do you, how do you think that's gone? What kind of things have you seen with, with the COVID protocols and, and all of that as we've gone through it? Yeah. You know, I think when we, um, you know, take a look back at the fall with so many uncertainties, um, you know, I think that it was successful. They were able to pull off a football season. There was a national championship game. Um, you know, even from a pro standpoint, we were able to have uh, a Super Bowl. And so I think those uh, return to normalcy, even though um, they were scaled back, uh, people were innovative and found ways to make it work. Um, You know, things like cutouts in the stands or filtering in the crowd noise or, you know, just trying to do those little things. And honestly, I think this was um, really uh, more helpful for society as a whole, um, just trying to struggle through uh, you know, uh, you know, kids not being in school. I mean, I know, you know, even my own kids, I got four, that was a challenge, uh, trying to, to get them, uh, into a a new frame of mind of learning. Um, so anything that, that, that even resembled a little bit of normalcy. So I think it was such a, a, a positive, uh, step forward, being able to pull off uh, a football season for basketball, being able to, to be a go, you know, I think the hardest thing is, uh, there's been so many, uh, starts and stops for so many programs that trying to hit your stride, trying to have some continuity or consistency has been hard. Um, but we've seen a lot of resiliency. And honestly, if you look at it from a life standpoint, um, 
you know, what, what a great example of, of just working through challenges and figuring it out and not losing uh, hope, not losing sight of an end goal. And obviously for basketball, that's March Madness. And right now we look like we're in pretty good shape to, uh, to make a, a, a case that March Madness is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're close to some programs that had stops and starts, but have now, have now uh, look like they're entering the NCAA tournament in a good, in a good uh, position. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, um, you know, my background is in the basketball world, uh, you know, with my dad being a, a longtime hall of fame coach and then uh, both my brothers leading division one programs um, and my husband being an assistant coach. So yeah, I've been really blessed this year for uh, uh, Scott, my older brother at Baylor Conference Championship. Um, hopefully they've secured a number one seating in the, the uh, NCAA tournament this year. Uh, it was devastating for them last year. They were uh, a projected number one seed. And when the season got cut short, there that was, was no tournament. Yeah, yeah, that was it was heartbreaking. Um, so, you know, it's kind of been really um, exciting to see them. Uh, continue the momentum that they had last year and, and moving into the NCAA tournament this year. So really excited to, to follow Baylor through the, through the NCAA tournament. And hopefully that doesn't stop until the national championship game. So uh, <laughs> on the flip side, yeah, uh, my brother Bryce took over a new program here at Grand Canyon University. And so, um, you know, they've had to battle a lot of starts and stops with, uh, uh, you know, some, some COVID issues. Uh, so hitting their stride, um, you know, has been challenging. Rewinding a little bit, Baylor had the same challenge. They missed, um, uh, I think, yeah. almost 21 days in February. Um, so, uh, again, it hasn't been um, it hasn't been easy. But there's been a lot of resiliency, not just by those two teams, but by several teams across the country. And um, Grand Canyon uh, just uh, 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 won their championship, so they're co-champions of the the WAC, and they're heading into their conference tournament. Um, they're in a little bit different situation. They need to win the conference tournament to make the NCAA, but it'd be really fun to be uh, in Indy in a, a week from now and, and being able to watch both uh, Baylor and Grand Canyon. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so Grand Canyon, is that, um, I've, I've heard a lot about them in recent years. Is that like a, a new program where they put like sort of a large amount of investment in it recently or something like that? Cause I've heard even on like the large, like Titus and Tate, podcasts and things you, you hear a lot about Grand Canyon University um yeah. has it always been that way I'm just unfamiliar with it no so so um you know it, it started I think it was an NAIA school for a while and then competed in division two and so they just uh, made the jump to division okay. one um, um some years ago and so you know they're a newer division one team I think if you you look at the WAC and if you're following uh college athletics you'll know that conference realignment is um uh, is really a hot topic right now. There's several several schools and uh, conferences that are taking a little bit different shape. And I think because of COVID, we're going to continue to see that. I think we'll see some different um, conference jumps as well. But the WAC earlier this year announced that they're adding um, five more, I think it's five more teams, um, several from Texas, and then um, uh, uh, they're going to have divisions. And so I think there's been a, a real conscious effort uh, to align with with similar schools geographically too. I think makes sense just from a travel standpoint. And so the yeah. WAC is one of those conferences that has just recently expanded, and um, next year it'll look a lot different. And they're going to be adding football. Um, I believe uh, this fall they start with with uh, a football conference as well. That's awesome. 
Yeah, that's really cool. So as far as the tournament, we know they're not traveling around and doing it in like the normal regionals that they normally do. Is that correct? It's all going to be in one place or am I yeah, incorrect? Yeah, so pretty cool this year, actually. Um, I think it's a, a good model, especially um, because, you know, travel is a concern and, and making sure they keep the student athletes safe, not just for men's basketball, but also for women's basketball. So let me comment quickly on that. So men is going to be um, centered out of Indianapolis. And so... Um, there are several Indiana schools, so they'll be playing at, at Purdue. I think they're playing at Ball State as well, I, uh, IUPUI. So several schools uh, within the state. So of ba- Baylor's going into hostile territory then. <laughs> as well. well, we're originally <laughs> from Indiana, so we still have a, a pretty strong okay, alliance yeah. as, as Hoosiers. Uh, once you're a Hoosier, you're always a Hoosier, I'm not going to lie. And anybody who <laughs> tries to tell you Indiana basketball isn't the best um, will not be welcomed in that conversation uh, for very long. So, um, no, uh, Hoosiers at heart. So going to the, the homeland, really, um, this, you know, for the NCAA tournament. Um, uh, similar to that, the women's basketball uh, tournament is going to be hosted in San Antonio. And they're going to be using the same type of a model with um, some different uh, venues around San Antonio. Um, but everybody being located in one um, one city just to cut down on travel and um, hopefully to be able to pull off a successful uh, tournament for both the men's and women's uh, side of basketball things. Yeah, and get all the games in so so Baylor can be there at the end, right? I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> We're hoping for that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else you'd like to add kind of before we jump off here? No, I would just say, you know, I think um, – the, 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 the prognosis, the outlook looks really positive going forward. I know a lot of conversations I have with industry professionals um, are optimistic uh, as to sports. And, and um, the other thing I would just say that, that I love so much about being in the sport world is um, it does teach you resiliency and it does teach you a lot of life lessons. And what, what we've had to go through the last year as a society um, um, I think that that having sports is is foundational um, and really just, uh, you know, gives people a, a sense of not just outlet, uh, but also too um, a sense of hope. And so, again, excited for March Madness to go off, excited for uh, the summer sports. And, and again, I know we're already looking forward to fall and, and filling up stadiums again. Yes, hopefully packed stadiums again. That would be fantastic. Well, yeah, thank you so much for coming on and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks.